Gina Della from Pella. And let me tell you, 555 is back. Get up to five years no interest, five months no first payment, and 5% same-day order savings at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. See PellaWI.com. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. The AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is open now. Give Jeff a call at 855-616-1620. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. So what exactly are they doing at Foxconn now? What is being... Anything? Anything? I don't... Can I just be honest right here? I have not paid attention to the Foxconn story. Not that there hasn't been much of a story now since yesterday's announcement. I remember Foxconn. Remember back in the day, Kyle, Foxconn. How many jobs were we going to get? Was it 500,000? What was the number that Walker had put out there? I mean, we have to admit, this is just an absolute... (laughs) That sound is more (laughs) descriptive than any word I could have possibly put forth. I mean, you know what I want to hear? I want to hear from the people who lost their homes for the construction of Foxconn, who for whom eminent domain was um, applied, and I want to hear from those people. I don't. When is the last time any of us, any of us, thought about Foxconn? Unless you live right down there, I, I can't keep track with all the different iterations of what they're going to be working on. I, I don't. Somebody on the text line hearing that last story, um, why don't, with this chip shortage, right, we have a chip shortage, why doesn't Foxconn start working on chips? Uh, I don't I don't know. I don't have the answer. I will consult the smart people. It's just, I'm trying to think of any comparison, you know, in our state to what was to be, what was promised. And then the gradual decline of the goal and the number of employees and what we're going to be working on. And is Terry Goh still running Foxconn? I don't even think. I think he's out. He's done. Oh, there was so much pomp and pageantry about Foxconn. And I'm sorry. Is there anybody who's not just completely skeptical, completely PO'd? absolutely ticked off about how that played out i anybody i mean you say foxconn and you're likely going to get an eye roll or a shoulder shrug or a, i don't want to go there from any particular dignitary it's sad it's disappointing of course it is because there was such excitement about what it could do what it could be well heck you had the president and all those great uh, leaders of industry and, and the governor and Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, I, I, they were all there. There was a shovel in the ground. There was dirt turned over. And I just, uh, 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 I don't know. I have nothing. I have no question to ask on that. I just, after hearing that story and, oh, yeah, Foxconn. How about Foxconn? Okay, so Jeff is back on Monday. He is a vacation. Happy anniversary, Jeff. Happy anniversary, wherever you are, wherever you're celebrating. 
We all wish you a happy anniversary. I've got you till 3 o'clock today, 2 o'clock hour, uh, because Jeff normally has Pop Culture Corner in the 2 o'clock hour, but he has full rights to that terminology, to that concept, to that topic. Uh, we just call it a little uh, Friday frivolity, a little Friday fun, whatever you want to call it. Can't call it Pop Culture Corner. Can't do that. Um, food habits that would end a date. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want you to think. Maybe for some of you thinking back a lot farther, uh, further rather than than others, we'll have some fun with that in the two o'clock hour. But there is something that did catch my eye this morning, and it was on the Journal Sentinel. During the pandemic, the number of high school seniors taking a key step toward enrolling in college plummets. And my reaction to the story, to the headline, to the article, is simply, is this really a big problem or not? The, um, the key step that they're discussing is filling out a FAFSA. You know what a FAFSA is? F-A-F-S-A, the Free Application for Federal Student Aid. It is... The very first step, probably, that a high school student senior uh, makes to find out how much, if any, federal funds are available to assist with college. And as the Journal Sentinel writes, in a troubling sign of the pandemic's impact on students' plans for higher education, a report from the Wisconsin Policy Forum shows less than half the state's public high school seniors last year filled out federal paperwork for college financial aid. Less than half of the state's public high school seniors filled out a FAFSA. Compared to the pre-pandemic class of 2019, 13% fewer Wisconsin seniors in the class of 21 filled out the FAFSA, which is often a key predictor of whether a high school senior will go on to college. The question here, and I am really interested in, in this topic broadly, is the importance of college. Now, some of you may go, wait a minute, what? What do you mean? What do you mean the importance of college? Scott, of course, college is important. Of course you go to college. Of course. It's the be all end all. High school, college, it's just a it's unfathomable to think that one would not go to college. Is it, though? Is it? They lay out in this article different explanations. The forum notes, these declines carry ominous implications since the FAFSA is a crucial first step for many students towards securing the financial aid necessary to attend college. Now, Some of the drop could be due to an overall decline in the number of students in the graduating class at public high schools, but completion rates, which take into account student population, also dropped. Wisconsin school leaders said they suspected students and families were less aware of the FAFSA because there weren't as many opportunities for school staff to talk about it with them in person. That makes sense, right? School counselors also told the forum More students seemed worried about the cost of higher education, especially for a college experience impacted by the pandemic. Some students took jobs during the pandemic, 
And so we're hesitant to trade the income for the expense of college. Huh. How important is college? How's that for a question? How important is college? Because as I read this, and it gets wonky with the numbers and the percentages and things like that, I get it, but I kept coming back to a question that echoed in my mind. Is this a problem? Is this a problem? Or or have an increased percentage of public high school students and, and, and public high school seniors, have they realized, by virtue of the situations around them, by virtue of variables that they can control, that they can't control, maybe not going to college isn't the worst thing for them. Maybe the fact that they see the rising cost of college, they realize, depending on how much aid they were going to get, they would be digging out of a debt hole for a long, long time, right? That's another topic. Maybe it's just not as important as it once was. Because if you think about all the other things you can do, there is, I would say in the last, mm, let's say 10 years or so, I feel like the mantra, well, you got to go to college. If you don't go to college, there's something wrong with you. That is slowly starting to be broken down. Do do you agree with me on that? 855-616-1620 on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. The broader question I would ask you to, to, uh, to respond to is, in the year 2021, how important is the college education? How important? We've talked this week and every week, but on some of our shows, in for Jeff, about the job market, the, 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 the economic climate, the, the job climate in America, and the staggering number of trades that are desperately looking to fill positions. You don't need to go to college for those. You don't. And when you couple in the student loan debt, student debt crisis in America, is college as important as it once was? 855-616-1620. Accunate mortgage talk and text line. This has always been one of my really favorite topics because it challenges many of us to think differently than how we were raised, perhaps. I mean, growing up, maybe in your household, well, of course I go to college. <laughs> I mean, it's my parents never even, you know, challenged or, or allowed me to think differently. Maybe it was a school counselor. There are a lot of counselors out there that when talking with their high school students, don't even allow for the possibility of going a route other than a four-year college or university. There are stigmas, too, attached to not going to college. But is that eroding over time? 855-616-1620. I'm 
This is kind of broad, but that's okay. In this respect, I'm okay with it. Because the larger question is the importance of a college education in 2021. More important now than ever before? Do you see it declining? And I'll tell you what, when you look at the job market, when you look at the industries that are hurting for help right now, I just don't feel, I don't see a college education as important as it has been. Could be again in the future, sure. Right now, factoring in the job climate, factoring in a potential financial hole you're willing to get into to get that college degree, I don't know if it is. I challenge that long-held belief. But what say you? What say you? Come at it from any number of directions. College educated. Maybe you didn't go to college, but you got in the trades, and by God, you have your own business, and you never spent one day in a college classroom. There are success stories all across the board. You could Google lists of some of this nation's finest Americans, wealthiest Americans, who did not go to college. There are success stories across the board. 855-616-1620, AccuNet Mortgage, talk and text line. Tell me I'm crazy. I'm always open to that. Maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe the college degree now is more valuable than ever because it can open doors to you that weren't open before. Let's have the discussion on WTMJ. Back to Take Your Calls. Here's WTMJ's Jeff Wagner. Scott in for Jeff. I will clarify. Somebody on the text line suggested I do so, and I will. I'm talking four-year. Four-year college university situation here. Um, Is it as important as it once was? Or would you say it's never been as important as it has been made out to be by some. That would be a fair response. AccuNet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, of course, 855-616-1620. You know why I find this most interesting to me? Um, I think it's because growing up, I, I never considered not going to college. The idea of not going to college was foreign to me. And I, it was nothing my parents did. Uh, I have great parents. It wasn't, it, there was no pressure put on them or anything. It was just a, it was almost like a default setting in my mind. Um, it was just something I do. Go to high school and then you go to college. And that's just, it just, it's four more years. You just continue right along. It was just, I don't know. It was just how I assumed it. it's supposed to go which in hindsight is kind of silly. Instead of taking stock, as I would hope everybody would do, every student would do, every family would do, every you know parent or parents or whatever the family structure is about their son or daughter or their grandson, whatever it is, nephew, niece, take personal stock. Is college the best for you? No, it's not. Okay, then let's go this path. 855-616-1620. We start in West Allis. Uh, a fellow West Elysian. It's Gus. Hey, Gus. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I present to you a 19-year-old son my wife and I have. Mm-hmm. Started at a grocery store. Worked himself up to $10 an hour. 
applied to a plumbing company as a general laborer recently, six months ago, started at 16. He was recently accepted into the union as a pre-apprentice in plumbing, got a $3.80 raise. By January, he'll be going to school, and it's a five-year program, and he'll be getting another $2 bump. And in five years, based on a current uh, journeyman plumber's rate, he'll be making $52 an hour, and he can't wait to get there. Hmm. So college is not all that some people make it to be. I don't think it ever was. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was it something that your son ever considered? I mean, did you guys, you know, inquire like, or, or, or did he, or did you as a family realize, no, this is just not going to be something that, that, that suits him. Well, we discussed it at one time when he was about 14, mm-hmm. he expressed a uh, wish to go to college. And as most kids didn't know what he was going to be doing there. And the influence that, uh, a friend of our family, a plumber, plumbing inspector, had on him, actually made him make that turn. Um, he, I guess, realized how important was the importance of a plumber in our society in keeping us safe, whether it's the water, sure. sanitation, or whatever. Yeah, there are so, so many and- positions like that in our everyday life, and you look around and go, if you would, could just look around... That person over there doesn't have a college degree, and they sure as heck are doing great and doing fine, and maybe they're better off than me, and I have a college degree. I mean, it's 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 amazing how that... I, I sure hope if there is a stigma, it's slowly eroding, right? I mean... Uh, oh, I guess, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Gus, thank you. But, uh, yeah, go ahead, Leslie. I just want to say that uh, to all the families out there and, and young people, um, there's a number of women that are apprentices right now in the company. So it's not limited to guys. And if you're interested in it, I suggest you approach somebody in the industry or a company, find out about it. And if it's not a good fit, you can always go to something else later. Right. At least have an open mind. Right. Yeah. Thanks Gus. Appreciate that very much. It's yeah. There's nothing like being able to talk to somebody in that field and I imagine if you feel a pressure, I'm coming at it from the the um, the young person's perspective, the, the 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 student's perspective. If you have some sort of feeling of, oh man, I gotta go to college. Being able to talk to somebody in the field that has succeed and uh, succeeded and is succeeding, and they can say, Scott, I didn't go to college, and I'm doing what you want to do one day, and I'm making a life for myself, and I have a career and a family. To be able to have that tangible example in your life goes a long way to taking down or tearing down that wall of, oh, I gotta go to, gotta go to college. Mom and dad want me to go. That's just what you do. We continue. If you're on the line, hang on. 855-616-1620. Scott in for Jeff on WTMJ. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I don't know that I would go so far as to say people regret college. I mean, well, let me put it this way. People, people may regret college for other decisions they made while they were in college. Did anybody regret college? Maybe we can explore that in a little bit. But um, college overall, how important is it? Could Is it crazy to say college is overrated? You pay that much money? Can anything be overrated if you pay that much money? 
855-616-1620. We will continue this because, I don't know, I think people feel differently now than 10 years ago in a good way. In a good way. I think we're headed in a better direction in uh, how we view college and, more importantly, how we view those who don't go to college and how we view those jobs and those opportunities beyond a four-year college experience. Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, admit it. How many of you Googled Yugoslavian finger gourd during the last commercial break? Huh? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. 855-616-1620. Acunet Mortgage Talking. Text line is, is college worth it? A four-year college. Is it worth it nowadays? I don't think it is for a lot of people who would have in another time maybe been pressured or defaulted to going. No, no, not when you look at the job climate, not when you look at the opportunities that are out there for good paying jobs, not when you look at the the student debt that you get yourself into. You factor it all in, and I'm, I'm, I just don't think it is. Um, but I'm not making that decision anymore. Steve, Northside, what do you think, Steve-O? Yes, um, I think having just an entry-level college degree shows an employer that you can have commitment and determination that you went through something you started and you finished it. Um, I think it helps. I'm not saying that every college is right for everybody. Um, but I think it helps put your name further up on the list than if you don't have a college degree. Sure. Um, I certainly agree that Having a college degree does not uh, hurt you. (laughs) It's not as if, oh, that person has a college degree. I'm going to think less of that person for it. I I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. Um, And obviously there are some jobs. Okay. Thank you, Steve. I can only... Steve getting the, the directions from uh, his OnStar as to where he's going right now, but I'm disrupting the call. I I definitely agree with that. It shows ambition. Um, so that's to say if you don't have a four-year degree, it doesn't. I think there may be other ways of, of showing you're ambitious, you are a go-getter, and other similar terms. i got to think about that a little bit. Diane in Union Grove. Hello, Diane. Hi, Scott. Thanks for taking my call. Do, hang on. Let me um, ask you I'm this real, you... real quick. It sounds like you're yeah. in your car. It sounds like you're in your car. I am. Do you know where you're going? Do you know where you're going, or are you getting automated directions being fed you through the car right now? <laughs> I'm parked. Oh! I'm parked in my car. Even so better. Good. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah. So um, I'm going to give you a quick background, and then I'm going to share my opinion. Um, I am a registered nurse. I started out at MATC with a two-year degree, went to Marquette for a bachelor's, and went to UW-Milwaukee for my master's. And uh, also, I am on a school board for a high school. Um, I worked um, for 28 years at Gateway Technical College. So um, my opinion is that um, one size doesn't fit all. 
I think um, when I started on the school board, and I've been on the school board in Union Grove for over 20 years, when I started, the counselors at that time basically were steering students to a four-year college, feeling that that was what the students needed to do to be successful. Um, because I, my background has been um, receiving an associate degree and also being at a technical college, um, my influence, I believe, on the board has helped change that thought. Um, my belief is, is that uh, not everybody should get a four-year degree. Not everybody should get a two-year degree. There's military. There's um, apprenticeships available. And I think you really need to look at the individual. Certainly, and I think you just said that, certainly there are some jobs I would not be able. I was the dean of nursing at Gateway. I would never. Oh, she just dropped off. Oh, shoot. We just lost Diane. See, I what, what I wanted to follow up with, because I think it was a, a really valuable comment, was her role on the school board um, as it pertained to changing maybe the mindset of some of those school counselors. I remember hearing that and learning that, I don't know, maybe five, six years ago. And I thought back to... Um, my experience with, with with high school counselors who are very well intentioned, I think certainly, but it was kind of all right. How can we best prepare you for a four year college? That was really the route that they set me on, and that and that it worked out for me just fine. I'm I'm okay with it. But I remember thinking, gosh, I never even thought about the role of the high school counselors because those men and women are extremely valuable and um, integral in setting that high school junior on track. I mean, once you're a senior, you kind of need to know the plan because the clock is ticking uh, if you want to continue right after graduation. But the role of those counselors is very important. So I'm encouraged uh, by Diane and, and what she said about maybe changing the outlook at the high school level by teachers and, and counselors and whatnot. Lisa's in Milwaukee. Hi, Lisa. Hi. Go ahead. The importance of a college education. Um, personally, I think that a college education is always worth it if you are meant to go to college. I don't think that everybody is meant to go to college, nor do I think that everybody is suited for college. And those people that are not meant to go to college or not suited, like that school is just not their thing, then I don't think that they should be uh, made to feel badly or um, less than or in any, there's a million careers in things that you can do without a college education. However, with that said, I think the importance and the value of a college education is far greater um, than just a, a career and money. Um, now, you do, on average, they say a college education, a college educated person makes over a million dollars more over the course of their lifetime. With a college education, they're uh, more likely to have greater job satisfaction. They're less likely to be unemployed. They're less likely to spend time in unemployment if they do find themselves unemployed, and they're more likely to have greater ease with job transition. So as far as careers and jobs goes, that's a great reason to get a college education. And if we're talking about money, you're going to make more money 
you know, the majority of people, I mean, sure, of course, there are people out there that don't get a college education that make a million dollars a year, but they are few and far between. The average person will make far greater money with a college education than without. I think, I, I liked what you, you said first, because you're right, Lisa, there are, there are other ancillary benefits, I believe, to going uh, to college. And thanks for the call. I'm going to let you go. I appreciate the call. A little feedback there. Um, I'll just, I'll, I'll, I'll say it real personally. Um, I, I can't say for sure that my college degree allowed for me to enter the field of radio and broadcasting, and without it, I would not have been able to. I got in it through an internship. I I started, people don't care, but I started cold calling radio stations, and finally I found one that offered me an internship. I did it on my own while I was in college, but I don't know that I would have been turned down of the internship, again, just my own personal situation, even if, I, I don't know that I would have been turned down if I wasn't in college. Now, all that said, I don't look at my four-year college degree as being a waste of time, a waste of money, a, 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 an unnecessary life step to get where I am today. Because, as she mentioned at the top of her call there, there are, there are experiences, there are obviously relationships, there are things you learn at a four-year college university that I think contribute to who you are and how you are in your life. And so I value my college education. It was not a waste, even if I can't exactly connect the dots of four-year degree, I'm in radio. Though it, one did not necessarily equate to the other, but that doesn't mean it was a waste. I hope nobody comes out of this discussion here um, with the, the, the thinking of if you went to college and you're in a career field where maybe that college degree didn't exactly lead you, that doesn't mean it was a waste of time or certainly a waste of money. But it is interesting to think about. And I think we all owe it to young people now, whether they're in high school or younger than high school. And whether you're a parent or you just get a chance to talk with somebody, we owe it to them to put them on the best track and path that is important to them and that is not necessarily a four-year college degree. It's not for everybody. It is for many, but not for everybody. And if we are going to be our best for them, know who they are, learn who they are, what are their interests, what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, you take it all together, and then you're able to help them out on a path and on a track that is best for them. And that's what it's all about, right? Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. This week's sponsor for the Wagner Home Improvement Showcase presented by Great Midwest Bank is All-American Window and Door. Give them a call at 262-255-7170. 
or visit their website, allamericanwindow.com, to check out their new virtual showroom. That's All American Window and Door. They are the experts in making your dreams a reality. A lot of great texts. I appreciate everybody who who, uh, chimed in. The consensus here is... uh, it's not that I'm, I'm saying it's not that important that but it's it's not as important as maybe society once built it up to be talking about a, a four-year degree maybe you know the people that are, I I really do have a great deal of respect and I admire people who go back to get their degrees right they've been out of school for x number of years and they go back uh, especially if they've like started a family, my thinking has always been, I don't know about you, but if I would have gotten out of that, uh, school mode, I'll just call it, <laughs> you know, the, the studying habits, the study cycles, the test taking habits, all, the, the, the writing of re- papers and things like that. I'll tell you what, had I taken a year off, or a couple of years off in between high school and I don't know that I would have gotten back. Because once you're out of it, it takes a great concerted uh, determination and effort to get back into that again. Anytime I meet people who have gone back to school, parents with kids and jobs, and they're going back. And I realize online classes have made this a lot easier, quote unquote, air quotes here, but... Uh, but anybody who who leaves the schooling mindset and then goes back in, I have the utmost respect for Kyle because it's it's one of those things where once I was out, I don't know if I could get those habits again. I don't know if I would be as good of a student if I've been out after a while for a while. Yeah, that's actually uh, one thing that my mom did. Um, maybe for her. you know, like two three decades after being in college went back to school because she re- I mean she realized she didn't have a, a degree of any kind which kind of made getting a, a a bigger job sure more difficult uh so she actually instead of going to a four she uh is now an accountant she instead of going to a four-year degree to get her accounting degree she actually took uh, uh an expedited course through a technical college got it done in two years there you go and wow uh, yeah and so now was she a uh, uh, were you you were you were born and she went back to school. I'm trying to think. Was she a mom I, when she went back to school? I was either in my senior year of high school or oh. just entering college. Oh, gee. Yeah. Okay. So one little Kyle running around the house going, "Quiet! I'm trying to study for the test." Okay, but that that's man. You said twenty or twenty some years after. She, wow, that's that that's super. I mean, I I don't know how you do it, and I guess it takes just a heck of a lot of a, dis, a, a, a lot of discipline and determination, and maybe I just don't have that 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 particular trait, but. Everybody who does that, um, I have a great deal of respect and admiration for you. And you're right. There are some positions that require it, and it's necessary. And uh, some, just not the case. Scott Warris in for Jeff. WTMJ, one hour down, a couple to go. Don't forget, going to have some fun on a Friday in the 2 o'clock hour in lieu of Pop Culture Corner. Annoying habits that ended a relationship. Oh, I have a story. I have a personal story. That to come. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. 
Okay, here's the question we I was asking the guys during the break. So the big sports news this weekend is that, uh, I don't know if you heard, uh, Tom Brady is returning to New England. Can I tell you this, first of all? The hype is not even as much as I thought it would be. I just thought it would be a nauseating amount of every possible story and every angle on every sports station. Not so much. I don't know. It's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Maybe it's because we went through it here ourselves with the return of Favre as a member of the Vikings. They were showing other returns. And, of course, there was... Brett Favre coming back as a Viking. Peyton Manning went back to Indianapolis as a Bronco. But I was wondering out loud, are there or is there another comparable situation outside of sports that you could say that is just like Brady going back to New England or Favre back to Green Bay, for example? Now I'm not a big, I'm not a big music guy. You're a pretty big music. Would you call yourself, Kyla, a, a, a music guy? Are there any examples from the world of music where I don't know a band broke up, the lead singer left, and I don't know, but then would have to come back. As part of a rival band, I don't know. I, I'm 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 talking out of turn here because I don't know the answer to that. I'm not that educated in the world of music per se to to that extent. It. I don't think there is one. Uh, like I mean, there wasn't ever an iconic musician that took. You, you know, like a, a hiatus <laughs> of any kind, or like a prolonged hiatus, and then came back because you need to have some sort of comeback. Yeah, but you have to be. But then when you, come back, or... when you come back, it has to be with like another group or something. It would be like McCartney left the Beatles. The Beatles stayed together and kept touring. But McCartney started, you know, wings and then they were rival. Ba- I don't know. I say I'm just I'm, I'm grasping. It. I'm, maybe not. Maybe. Um, I don't know. David Lee Roth returning to Van Halen. Somebody, yeah, I was gonna like maybe Lindsey Buckingham coming back to Fleetwood Mac, but I don't. But even in those cases, you're coming, yeah, back to where you were. I don't. And in like the comparing them in the field of work is the Fleetwood Mac, the Tom Brady of musicianship. (laughs) So it's I don't. Do you want? I really think in in terms of sports, this is pretty unprecedented. I mean, you, you can't really find anything in. Uh, I mean, besides football, but maybe like in in the boxing world, anything. I, I can't. Well, okay. If if you if we do want to just restrict it to, to sports, Jordan did come back to the Bulls as a wizard. <laughs> he brought his magical powers to the United Center. He came back as a member of the Wizards, but he hadn't won an NBA title with the Wizards when he came back. You know, now if we're really getting into the weeds with the specific Brady analogy, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Favre obviously is 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 our analogy. Uh, I don't. Um, you know, it's weird. One of the things I thought was, what about? Now, just hear me out on this one. This might be a stretch. I was thinking politics. Is there anything in the political realm that could be comparable to what Brady's doing with the 
this weekend. And I thought, what about what about when Hillary Clinton lost the 16 election to Trump and then she showed up at the inauguration and had to sit through it? Eh, you know, maybe not. I don't know. Maybe there is nothing comparable in other walks of life to the Brady return this weekend. Maybe maybe that is something that is just unique to sport. Does it happen in radio? How many times did Vince Lombardi play the Packers after he left? Did oh, that ever happen? When he was the coach of the Redskins? Yeah, because, I mean, he coached at other places afterward. Washington you, you was the one. Yeah, he left for Washington, and then he You never he really hear away. about it. No, and that, yeah, maybe. I should, I should go back and look and see. I, I don't know. Hmm. Babe Ruth coming back as a front two. Babe Ruth coming as a Yankee to Boston. But he wasn't Babe Ruth when he was with the Boston Red Sox. It would almost be if he would have been traded to the Red Sox after he had become infamous and well, famous, not infamous, uh, as a Yankee. That would be something. But again, that that's in the realm of sports. It's it's a short list of athletes in the position that Brady is in this weekend. Yeah, I think the only thing that we can realistically compare it to is something in the football realm, like Peyton Manning, Brett Favre, Joe Montana, something like that. But again, those athletes weren't to the level of Tom Br- or success of Tom Brady. Yeah. So I will watch. I'll tell you what. I will watch for the reception he gets because if you remember, if you remember. He, Favre, sorry, he being Favre, he was, when he came out of that tunnel at Lambeau for the first time, remember, they played at Minnesota first. And he said he was as nervous for that game as maybe any he ever played in. But when when, when they played at Lambeau, he was booed mercilessly. I mean, the boos rained down on him. And I'm not sure if that's going to be... I, I'm really curious as to how the Patriots fan base, knowing he won them, what, six? Six? And then the seventh? With six Super Bowls? Is he really going to be booed? Like I, I don't think, again, the, the story isn't quite the same, because with Favre, you had the sort of flip-flopping of, is he retiring oh, right, or not right. retiring? And it sort of messes with the fan base and their loyalty to, they almost have to pick, right? Almost similar to Rodgers, you have to pick between the player or the organization. And right. fans didn't really have to do that no. in this situation. Or if anything, they probably favored Patriots fans, I'd imagine, favored more of the Tom Brady side of things of, you know, if this isn't if the coach right. isn't gonna respect me, then I'm gonna leave. I um I don't know. It's just it's and even even if you're not a, a sports fan or not a diehard sports fan, you should still watch it on Sunday. it's Sunday night. TMJ four. Uh Sunday night foot just at least just watch the beginning. You know that NBC is going to have the cameras in the perfect spot when he comes out initially to go through his practice throws and things like that. Then he'll go back into the locker room. Then he'll come out again when the team runs out or when they're introduced. They usually don't introduce name by name an opponent. But when the team runs out, then they'll have a response. I will predict there is a noticeable cheer uh, much, much louder than booze on Sunday night. Yeah, not as much drama with Brady as with Favre. That that texture six oh eight, I think, sums that up well. One more just random football note. <laughs> I because uh, I'm I'm weird. I watched more of Bengals Jaguars last night <laughs> than, than I would have ever imagined. 
Raise your hand if you watched Cincinnati and Jacksonville last night. Cue the crickets. You know what I noticed Cincinnati does after they score a touchdown? They play bang the drum. I, I'm i sitting there going, and I'm, I actually like got up and tried to listen a little bit more to the TV. Like, wait a minute. They're playing the Packers song when they score a touchdown. Hold on now. Hold on just a second here. Nah, you can't be doing that. Yeah. I don't want to work. I just want to bang on the drum all day. What? I, I. It's funny. When you hear that song, when you hear that song, you think, well, oh, the Packers scored a touchdown. No, except it was the Cincinnati Bengals that scored the touchdown. I don't know. I guess it's okay. I guess it's all right. One time only. One t- Packers play at Cincinnati this year, right? I think they're at Cincinnati next Sunday, a week from this Sunday. Oh, that's going to get very confusing after a touchdown is scored. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Okay, I have to give credit to uh, <laughs> Fond du Lac for thinking outside the box on this one. They're looking to attract people to come to Fond du Lac. They are willing to pay you $15,000 to move to Fond du Lac. (laughs) What? (laughs) I've never heard of this before. It's outside the box thinking. And I got to admit, I kind of like it. Leaders of Fond du Lac are offering up to $15,000 to get you to pick up and move to a new city. They say the need for work. We go back to work from our first hour conversation. Work. The need for workers is critical. This is because 25% of all people who live in the county will reach retirement age in the next decade. That's 34,000 people. So what they're doing is I give them a lot of credit. They're looking ahead. They're looking down the line. They're, they're, the leaders of Fond du Lac are going, okay, over the next decade, or at least in 10 years, we are going to be in a bit of a predicament here, folks, if we don't turn around the statistics of people moving into our area and working in our area. Hmm. Hmm. They talk to various businesses, employers in Fond du Lac. One guy owns... Um, a cheese shop, it looks like. He says there are 50 open positions in Fond du Lac County alone. Family-owned company Grand Grande Grand Cheese has been a staple in Fond du Lac for 80 years. Rick Fro says orders for the cheeses soared during the pandemic. He says there are 50 open positions in Fond du Lac County alone, even with $1,000 hiring bonus incentive right now. Every time I'm in the facility... The human cry here is, please, no more overtime. You've just got to go out and hire more people. One spokesperson says, from food workers to CEOs, this relocation offer is available to anyone. We have some major employers in Fond du Lac County, Mercury Marine, Alliance Laundry System. If you want clean laundry, a boat motor, or cheese for your pizza, we need to have employees and workers at these places. I love this idea. Would you move? Would you move if you were guaranteed? I think you would. $15,000? Maybe that's not enough. Here's how you get it. 
employers will have to foot the entire bill up front. So the employer's got to, here's your 15000 The business will be reimbursed for half the amount they award each worker once the employee sticks around for one year. So you can't just take the money, stay there for a couple of weeks, and then uh, I'm out. Not working out. No, it doesn't work that way. The money will be paid out through county taxpayer dollars already earmarked for economic development. You do not even have to apply to each business in Fond du Lac. All you do, you submit your resume, they'll match you with qualifying employers who know you're willing to move for that $15,000 incentive. This is not unique to this area. Uh, There's a plan they almost model it after uh, in Topeka, Kansas. Leaders there were able to attract 40 people in the first year. Fond du Lac's hoping they can hit the same 40-person milestone as well. I'll tell you what. Is there a downside to this? Won't be a downside. What am I missing here? Anybody point out a flaw in this? I really don't know. 855-616-1620. Accident mortgage talk and text line. Because I'm looking at this going, this is a pretty... This is... I'm always... Happy to hear and learn of creative, outside-the-box, innovative, whatever term you want to use, ideas to help your local business. Who doesn't like that? And this is incredibly creative. It's money that is, again, already destined for economic development purposes. It's bold. I think it's eye-catching. It could get a lot of people to go, wow, really? You get 15000 up front and a job on the back end. That sounds, that sounds pretty good. And you know what else I like about it? And I, it? Again, the purpose I mentioned at the beginning. It's forward thinking. They're not waiting 10 years from now to go, man, take a look around. What happened to us? Well, well, 25% of the county's workforce has reached retirement age, and they're starting to call it quits. Maybe we should do something about it. The problem hasn't hit them yet. The problem is in the offing, but not so far off that it can't be and shouldn't be addressed now. So creative thinking. Hmm. Hmm. 855-616-1620 on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Somebody said people could take the job and commute from a neighborhood outside of Fond du Lac. Well, it is the county. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. There are restrictions on that as well, but I, I don't know. You got to, like I say, you got to tip your cap to any you know, area government official. God forbid government officials be creative in their thinking of how to maintain some sort of um, energy and a workforce in a community. That's for sure. This is Jeff Wagner on WGMJ. Okay, getting a little pushback from people who want no part of Fond du Lac whatsoever. Somebody said, not even for $100,000, I wouldn't leave Milwaukee and all of its suburbs because there's so much to do here. Fond du Lac is too small. Really? 
even if you were offered $100,000, Kyle doesn't want to be in Fond du Lac because in 10 years it's going to be a city of retirees, and he doesn't like that atmosphere. Oh, man. I didn't know that you uh, spout such ageism. I, I told you that in confidence, and then you say, nothing. Where, oh, baby. where is the bus that I can throw Kyle in Where of? is, no, that is, we are, it's all fair game, baby. You don't work with me well enough, or much enough. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, but maybe I'm partial to that. I, I have said for a while, if I could live in a retirement home now, I would. Give me the quiet. Give me the peace, the serenity of the older population. I don't need the noise and things like that. Maybe, Scott, why don't you? Fine. You know what? You want me to apply to Fond du Lac? Can I broadcast remotely? I'll do this show from Fond du Lac. Okay. All right. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. I do want to make mention, uh, and um, I say thank you, primarily, to all of you who donated to the WTMJ Cares initiative. Um, you still can, by the way, text CARES to 855-616-1620. But this morning, Gene, who had been kind of leading the charge here to raise money, $10,000 was the, was the goal, to uh, help Penfield Children's Center. Going to be building a new play area for the kids that they serve right here in Milwaukee. And not only did your generosity allow us to to uh, hit 10000 hit the $10,000 goal, we surpassed it with your contributions. Uh, at last check here, I should uh, double check, um, over $12,000. How about that, huh? Over $12,000 uh, was currently raised. That was as of uh, early this morning for Penfield Children's Center. They had the Radiothon this morning during Wisconsin's morning news. And I know many of you uh, have been able to contribute not just today, but over the last couple of weeks as Gene was spearheading the, the this specific project. And you did it again. Um, I sound maybe like a broken record because I... I like to say this every single time that we come to you with a project that requires your generosity. But I say it every time because you do it every time. And that's just the incredible um, kindness and generosity of those of you who listen to this station and who know the station. And so when we bring a cause that is near and dear to one of us here at WTMJ and share the story of that cause and explain what your money is going to do for people worse off uh, than us, you answer the bell. You've done it time and time again for years now since we started the WTMJ Cares initiative and, and that particular venture. I think it was maybe uh, 2015, 2014, around there, and uh, several times a year. Um, you come through. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I just want to get that out there, um, certainly, because you did it again, doggone it. And we do want to thank our great partner, Gruber Law Offices. One call, that's all. Gruber Law Offices, who was uh, a sponsor 
our sponsor for this particular uh, CARES project and a great partner in a lot of things, and specifically this one. It really is... It's crazy because how many times do we sit back and, and we can uh, lament the, um, like even here now during the, during a pandemic and you come through time and time again and we are better for it in the long run. Um, now there was somebody we were talking before about the, the story of Fond du Lac offering $15,000, $15,000 to come and move to Fond du Lac, you get a job at one of their local companies there in the county, and they'll give you $15,000 up front, and some people pushing back and going, oh, maybe it's Fond du Lac. But I don't, you know what? We, we live in a time right now where you need, there are people who are looking for those incentives. How many, here's a question, how many of the jobs available in Fond du Lac do not require the glamorous college degree that we talked about earlier in the show, right? And if the uh, leaders of Fond du Lac are thinking outside the box, then there are citizens out there, there are individuals like us that are trying to make ends meet, and maybe we got to think outside the box sometimes too when it comes to where we want to go, what we want to do, and look, you can, you can poo poo Fonda. Don't poo poo Fonda. Yeah, like you said, Lake Winnebago, right? See, I'm gonna live in Lake Winnebago. Did you hear me? By the way, um, I don't know if you heard during a crosstalk with Steve Scafidi, I mentioned that there is uh, one person in our building here, a colleague of ours, that for whatever reason, <laughs> I think everybody has this person at work. I will pass him at least three, four, maybe five times a day. It's the craziest thing. Everybody at work has like that one person where, I don't know, you're in the hall at the same time. So I stepped out for a a quick moment uh, just during a break before. Guess what? Passed him again. Guess what? I didn't say anything. Because again, I contend that the first time you pass somebody, you just do a little small talk. No, I'm sorry. The first time you pass somebody, it's like, hey, Kyle, how was your weekend? How's it going? How are you? Good. Good to see you. Second time you pass them, it's just, hey. Third time, fourth and beyond, it's, sorry, I am probably not uh, acknowledging you. Don't take it personally. That may be the situation where, Lord hope, I have my phone on me. I can take out my phone and go, oh, I didn't even see you there, Kyle. I was looking at my phone. I don't know. Social awkwardness. <laughs> just saying. We've all been there. You can only be... Maybe I should just... Steve suggested. Just draw attention to it. Just draw attention to it. Just say, hey, here we are, buddy. Fifth time. Fifth time's a charm. Maybe that's what I have to do next time. Maybe that's what I have to do. Draw awkward attention to it and completely then diffuse the situation. Tell you what. I'm going to take a quick break here. I'm going to go see if I pass the person in the hall again. Can we go for six times in one day? Let's find out. This is Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Scott Warrison for Jeff. He'll be back on Monday. Much to the delight of many of you. You know who you are. What's your reaction to this headline? Mail delivery slowdown. 
U.S. Postal Service to slow delivery starting today. I can hear you go, could have fooled me. I thought they had already started slowing it down. How much mail do you get? Kyle, you are a you are a person of the technology age. You're, everything's on the phone. And How much mail do you guys get? A snail mail, as we like to call it. Not a lot. How Hard. many pieces per week? Uh, maybe so. I guess yeah, maybe a dozen. I you know I maybe it's important to qualify or to clarify uh, the question. How many useful pieces of mail? Because y- you tend to get maybe a you know a, a flyer or some sort of ad that comes in postcard form. Th- th- those kind of throwaway things. On average, how many necessary? or useful pieces of mail do you get in the mail? Uh, do you get per week? Zero. Uh, yeah, more often than not. <laughs> Zero to one. Not many. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Isn't that amazing? Now, I know there are plenty of you out there that are thinking, well, Scott, no, <laughs> I still get uh, bills through the mail. I still get, what, um, payments through the mail. Maybe you get mail checks. I Look, I, I have admitted that I, I still get... I still get some bills in the mail. I still get some bills in the mail, and yes, I get mocked for it and things like that. Scott, why don't you get everything online? Mail delivery for many Americans will slow starting uh, today. This is all part of uh, the Postal Service's efforts in overhauling in order to slash costs. However, what is the obvious criticism of this? The slower delivery standards could cause problems, such as late bill delivery while more broadly undermining the public's faith in the Postal Service. That was my other reaction. As if the Postal Service is not in a position to get a fair deal of criticism already for everything that has gone through with that department or that service in the last year, year plus, everything that Postmaster DeJoy has put himself through and opened himself and his employees, or he, not his employees, but those who were criticism in the last year. Now this too. How many? Almost four out of ten. Almost four of ten pieces of first-class mail will see slower delivery. Four out of ten of pieces of first-class mail will see slower delivery. How many? Let me just ask this question real quickly here. I, I need uh, numbers here. In an average week, how many, what I will call, useful pieces of mail do you get? 855-616-1620. Useful pieces of mail. Whether it's, maybe it's a bill, maybe it's a payment of some sort. Something you need. A necessary, another good word, piece of mail. On average, how many do you get? Kyle said zero to one. I will say on an average week, one to two. And again, I'm only getting maybe 15, 16 pieces of mail per week. I don't know. 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Um, Michael's in Greenfield. Hey, Michael. How do you do? What's up? What do you think? How many, let me ask you this, but before you make your point, on average, the question I'm asking, how many useful, necessary pieces of actual mail do you get in a week? 
probably at least a dozen. Oh, okay then. I would imagine you're on the high I end. I still do a lot by mail. Sure. Mm. Okay. It probably has to do with the fact that I was a postal worker for 42 years, mm. and I feel rather obligated. That's fair. So, as a postal worker of 40-plus years, how do you? How should we as the consumer be viewing this story? Is there more than meets the eye? What's going on here, Michael? Educate us as somebody from the inside. I will educate you. Please. Uh, your first-class local delivery is still going to be overnight. That's, that's their delivery point, overnight. It's your two, three-day delivery that used to go across the country is now called two to five days. It will not change how they work the mail and send it out. That's all going to be exactly the same. So if it took three to five days, it was considered delayed, but now it will just be normal. But that's how long it took before. That's how long it will take now. Nothing will change. It's exactly the same. This is pretty much internal where they can say, look, we didn't delay the mail. We weren't at fault for anything because now we have five days instead of four or three. Hmm. Now, the report, though, Michael, the report does say almost four of ten pieces of first-class mail will see slower delivery. Well, once again, the, the mail's going through the system at the same pace it was going through before. That's not going to change. They have their commitments for outgoing, their commitments for standard, their commitments for, for overnight. Their local mail will not change. That's still considered overnight mail. It's a priority. You know, from anywhere in Wisconsin, going to Wisconsin, that's considered sure. overnight mail. Uh, the only difference is now they're saying you have up to five days to get it across the country. That doesn't mean it's going to take longer. They're okay. just giving themselves a little leeway. Let me ask you this. I'm going to pick your brain on this. If you were, sure. if uh, Postmaster General DeJoy came to you, Michael, and said, Michael, you've been working at this at uh, the USPS for over four decades. You have seen our system. You have been boots on the ground, all that stuff. Recommend one improvement. Recommend one improvement to what we do and how we do it. What would you suggest? Well, I would suggest dealing with first-class mail the way it used to. It used to be a priority. The post office gives more concern to standard mail now. They will actually pull mail off the machine to make sure the standard mail gets done on time. I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Our, our mission, our goal as a postal worker in a post office was to get that correspondence through as fast as possible. Not your junk mail. That used to be junk mail used to be you could deliver it any time within a month. Now they have two, three, and four day delivery points for standard mail. It's wrong. Hmm. They're treating us like garbage and treating standard mail like it's it's king. Hmm. Interesting. That's just my humble opinion. No, I, I appreciate it. That's a little insight that uh, those of us who don't work on the inside don't know. I appreciate well, the call. I'm retired now. I got out. I quit. <laughs> you had had I enough. 42 was enough. Fair enough. Oh, yeah.
Thanks, Michael. <laughs> Appreciate it. Not, what, what is it? Neither wind, no, neither rain, nor wind, nor snow, nor sleet, nor whatever. And the mail will be delivered. Okay, I don't know. I imagine that for many people, as uh, Michael just said, there are going to be fewer and fewer people that realize a change, even though the headline is a little bit, wait, what? What? Wait a minute. Hang on. What now? I think the reality is, like he said, um, it is more or less an internal tweak to the overall scheduling. But we'll see. And if, I'm trying to think of something that I get in the mail anymore. I mean, I don't, I don't know. But if it's late, I'll complain about it. I promise. I mentioned on the show last night, WTMJ Nights, weeknight 6 to 9, when there's in sports. I was impressed at the city of Milwaukee when they put out that press release yesterday for the uh, annual tree that uh, is uh, lit uh, Red Arrow Park, right? Isn't that where they put it up? Um, but they call it a Christmas tree. I, I was lauding this. Thank you for calling it a Christmas tree. But I looked back and I was asking other people here in the office, and I guess, shame on me, they have called it a Christmas tree. I, I guess I was under the impression that that too had fallen under the holiday tree and we have to eliminate the Christmas tree. But uh, And I was lauding praise on the city for calling it a Christmas tree in their in their press release, but it always has been a Christmas tree. So let's hope it always stays that way. Now, I am not a resident of Milwaukee. Kyle, do you, you live in Milwaukee proper, right? Uh, apartment or home? I always forget. I think I asked you this already this week. Yeah, two days ago. I, we read. <laughs> two days ago. 47 hours ago. Well... There are, so the time has come to start thinking about maybe donating your tree if you have a 30 to 40 foot tall tree, got to be accessible for harvest with a crane. So you got to start thinking about the neighbors and some of these things too. Um, 30 to 40 feet tall, must be accessible with a crane, so no overhead wires present to interfere, obviously. Generally, they tell you the crane is parked on the street near the front or side yard to harvest the tree. The tree candidates are judged on size, shape, uniformity, density, and color. The same criteria that residents use to buy their own trees, obviously, of course. Um, if you want your tree to be considered, you have until the 8th. So you got a week. So go out there this weekend, kind of stand around, look up there and go, well, Myrtle, what do you think? She's been out here on the front lawn for 40 years. Is it time that we submit it for cutting, but to the city, so that it can shine in all its Christmas glory? Huh? It's a tough decision, parting with a tree like that. It's been on your property for 40 years. Okay, 2 o'clock hour is next in lieu of Pop Culture Corner. We'll just call it Friday Fun. 3 and 5 would end a date over annoying food Habits. Get the wheels turning here. Two o'clock hours on deck. We will dive in, I promise. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at Historic Radio City, this is the Jeff Wagner Show. And now in for Jeff Wagner, WTMJ's Scott Morris. Two o'clock on a Friday. Home stretch of the Wagnerless program. He'll be back on Monday. Okay. 
Time has come. Can't say pop culture. Well, I just did say pop culture corner, but I can't use it. That is proprietary uh, merchandise of uh, Wagner. I can't use it, so we'll just call it Friday Fun, Friday Frivolity. I'm always a big fan of the alliterative opportunities and options that are out there. Okay. You need to be honest with us here. You need to be honest with me on this one. The annoying habit that would end a relationship. Now, I imagine we're not talking marriage here. Because, quite frankly, if there's an annoying habit that your spouse has, if you've gone to the extent that you're already married, I'm, I think it's safe to say that whatever annoyance he or she has, you've overlooked. You are okay with. You've, you're, you can live with it. You're married. Odds are, I'm assuming, odds are that if there is a relationship-ending annoying habit, by your significant other, it's going to end in the dating phase. The boyfriend-girlfriend situation is, we're done. We're not even going to get to the marital status. I come at this because three in five would end a date, would end a relationship over annoying food habits. What are annoying food habits? The first annoying food habits that come to mind are what? I think obviously it's Talking with uh, your mouth full. Talking with food in your mouth. You're chewing. You're oh, that's great. You got a little little flecks of food coming out of your mouth and things like that. Talking with your mouth full. Chewing loudly. You chew like a cow. Let me just tell you something. When it comes to annoying food habits, incidentally, the um, chewing with your mouth full grates on me to no end. And I would also add gum. People who. They chew their gum like a cow. Can't stand it. And the third one is open mouth chewing. Those are the three top annoying food habits that a majority of Americans say would end a date. I'm out. I'd rather not see her again because I'm sick of seeing (laughs) what she's eating as she tends to be an open mouth chewer. But here's the question. Let's have some fun here. Think back. If, if you've been married a long time, maybe you got to think back to your dating life. Maybe you are single and you date. The most annoying thing that somebody did that led you to end a date altogether. I think we can probably come up with some interesting things here. End a date, or dare I say, maybe even a relationship of some sort. 855 616 1620. Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line, 855-616-1620. I think it's fair to say the food thing could end a lot. Because it, it probably, well, what does it say about you if you chew like, should I start? Do I have to start? Or did you have one on your list? Is there something you're going you're gonna to have to fess up to at some point here, Kyle? It's fine. You are happily married now. Um, maybe there was something that... Uh, Mrs. Pizinski, kidding, I know, Pajinski. Maybe the Mrs. once did, and man, if she doesn't knock that off, you know what? This ring is going to stay in my pocket, and it's not going to be happening. I don't know. But here's the question. All right, I'll start. I will start. Full disclosure, we're all amongst friends. I will set the pace. I, now, I, I didn't end the relationship, but I'm, I was... I seriously contemplated doing so. 
because her dog shed so much. I couldn't stand it. I could not. She had a, I think it was a, was it a, a golden retriever? Labrador? No, it had to be a golden retriever, right? Shaggy hair. I don't know. And I'm telling you, her entire apartment was just covered. It was absolutely covered in that stinking dog's hair. All I had to do was be over there for 15 minutes and the dog is next to you. You're petting the dog. It sidles up against you. You're sitting on the couch, whatever the case may be. Next thing you know, 15, 20 minutes in, 15, 20 minutes in, I am covered in this golden retriever's dog hair. And you can put up with it for a while. And I don't know, maybe I'm a bit of a neat freak, whatever. I had a hard time getting over it, as you can imagine, because I I admit, sheepishly, I did consider, okay, is this... Is this worth continuing whatever is going to be coming of this relationship? Now, it ended for other reasons unrelated to the dog. So in the end, it ended, but not because of the dog. But I admit, there was a period there where I thought, because you come home, I'd come home, I'm covered in this hair, and then you got the roller going, and it was just such a process. I mean, if I have to go through a pro- Anyway, that's mine. 855-616-1620. What is yours? Come on. We need some brave souls here on a Friday afternoon. If if you want us to give you a fake name when Kyle takes your call, he, just say, I want to go by Joe. It's fine. I'll be Sue. Fine. We'll give you a fake name to protect the innocent. But tell me a time that either a date ended, maybe a relationship ended because of a habit that the other person had or maybe like me you almost did but you gutted it out maybe you married the person i don't know maybe maybe they chewed with their mouth open like the study says and you said hey you chew with your mouth open knock it off and you train them to chew properly and that led to a beautiful marriage and here you sit 50 years later with kids and grandkids and all that stuff what you got 855-616-1620, Acunet Mortgage, talk and text line. We're all amongst friends here on a Friday afternoon, 855-616-1620. Welcome back to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. Quick check of the text line. Lorian Fondelac says... Um, once broke up with a guy because he brushed his teeth in the car. Brushed his teeth in the car. Also used mouthwash. She says, I think he just drank it. The mouthwash. If you're in your car, couldn't you just roll down the window and spit it out the window? I don't know. You think that would answer it? 855-616-1620. Okay. The habit that once ended a date or a relationship. Marcus, you'll have the first go at it here. Hey, Marcus. Hey, how you doing? Good. Tell so us your I, tale. I, early, my, my early 20s, I had a dinner with a young lady um, 
first date at a fancier restaurant downtown. And we had a great meal, and it was delicious. And she ordered something with, like, a gravy kind of topping on it. And after she finished her plate, she decided to pick it up and lick the rim of it. <laughs> and, I mean, and not just, like, you know, delicately. I mean, she lapped the whole thing up like a St. Bernard. <laughs> Yeah. So, she lapped it up. Well, hang on a second. Did, did we get Marcus's quote there? Quote, she lapped it up like a St. Bernard, end quote. That's, that's well played. Yeah. That's well described. Yeah, it was, it was pretty impressive, but I, I was good. That was the end of that date. Now, let me just ask you this. Had she, if you could, had she delicately licked off her plate? Do you think there would have been a second date? Was it the licking of the plate that ended it, or was it the manner, St. Bernard-like manner, with which she licked her plate that ended it? I think it was more geographical. If it would have been at home, it would have been okay, I guess. But in the middle of a oh. fine, you know, fine dining restaurant, I already looked at us like, what's wrong with her? Oh. <laughs> really. But had, had yeah. you guys been eating at your house or her house... And she licked the plate. So it wasn't so much the licking of the plate. It was doing it in public that was the deal breaker. Yeah, just to have some coos, to me at least. I mean, yeah, I would have just razzed her and gave her a hard time. I'm not that much of a <laughs> Fair enough. Know, tip, but, yeah, in public, not so much. Good one. Good start. Thanks for that. That's a good start. So it's doing it in public. I got to think, if I was on a first date and the girl licked the plate... Would it matter if we were in public or in, you know, at, at our house or something or her house? I don't know. I'd have to think about that one for a second. Okay. Kelly's in Waukesha. Hello, Kelly. Hello. All right. What habit broke a date or a relationship for you? Well, I had this guy over for dinner. I made a great dinner. I had chicken. He loved it all. He ate it all. And then I heard this crunching sound, and he ate all his bones, too. <laughs> so there wasn't anything left on the plate? No. <laughs> Did you ask him why he ate the chicken bones, too? It was quite a while ago, but I, I said something like, well, you ate all the bones. And he goes, yeah, they're really good. <laughs> That's my story. Wow. Thanks, Cal. Okay. Oh, I should have said. And then he licked the plate. You know what? You know what? If the if the woman who licked the plate like a St. Bernard meets the guy who eats the chicken bones, that could have been that could have been something special. That could have been a relationship there. We just had to connect those two people. 855 616 1620 the annoying habit that led you to end a date and or a relationship. So far, the first two are related to eating. Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hello there. Hey, pal. What you got? Uh, What is your story? Well, the breakfast date I had was with a woman that we had ordered our food, and she sent back her eggs like three times because they wasn't they wasn't done to her satisfaction. Uh-oh. And I looked at the legs, and there was not anything wrong with them that I thought, except they were a little brown on the edge. Yeah, yeah, you know. And what does that say about the other person when they are sending back the same item two, three times in one meal? What does that say about her, Jerry? It says she's so damn picky. 
High maintenance. High yeah. maintenance, Jerry. <laughs> steer clear. Thanks for the I'll call. Do. Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. That's <laughs> steer clear. That does raise, we were talking about interviews, right, a couple of days ago. And I was saying how Thomas Edison would always read into how a potential intern of his eats the meal and seasons it and then hire or, or not hire based on that. I don't know if, you, obviously, first dates, usually there's food involved. you got to be careful with the food uh, as to the food you choose on that first date. you got to steer clear of spaghetti on that first date. Um, there's probably other ones that i got to think of, too. Food that just does not, because you could be, you could be embarrassed by the food you choose to order, and that's the only impression that he or she's going to have of you. Anything spicy, especially if you don't have a, a strong palate for anything oh, like that. Me. Like you order like a burger with jalapenos on it, and you, and you can't handle it. Don't go there. Or, or if you get like spicy wings, right, buddy, bad because <laughs> they they will see panic. That's true. How come you're crying? It's just very emotional in meeting you. <laughs> that and my mouth is on fire. Greg is in Houstisford. Good afternoon, Greg. Hey, Scott. How's it going? All right. Tell me your tale. All right. Well, I got another food story. It's okay. It's good. I, I dated this girl on our first date. We went out to eat, and she sat across from me at the table like she had never had a bite of food in her life. I mean, she was shoveling it in. She had both sides of her mouth packed full, which wasn't a very pretty sight. And then she wanted to hold a conversation with me with her mouth full of food. And I'm just sitting there holding my, my head in my hands. I said, get me out of here, you know. <laughs> well, that that is the first one. You know, I did that little survey at the a minute or two ago. I, which annoying food habits are the most offensive? And you are in the majority because uh, 68% said talking with a mouthful, chewing yes. loudly, and open mouth chewing. Looks like she hit all three. <laughs> you, yes, exactly. Uh, thanks, thanks, Greg. That's good. <laughs> Shoveling it in. <laughs> we, uh, we'll do this for a, second, uh, a segment longer. 855-616. Good, you're coming through. You never know. Sometimes I throw open these topics, throw out these topics, and it's, oh, I hope people... You're good. There's strength in numbers, folks. These are good stories, good stuff. 855-616-1620. The annoying habit that led you to break a date or even end a relationship. You're listening to Jeff Wagner on WTMJ. There are some really good texts here. Um... Okay, Loretta and Denise, I want calls. We're going to carry them over. I, 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 we need to do this because you, you folks are coming through. The annoying habit that led you to end a date and or a relationship. I need to get your texts. Loretta and Denise, you'll be our last two calls. We will do that on the other side of the news because these are too good to let go. And you want to hear <laughs> these anecdotes. <laughs> It's, it's, these texts are just precious. Okay, two more calls because they are good and worth it. Denise in Milwaukee. <coughs> Denise, hello. <coughs> so I'm just clearing my throat. Hi, Scott. How are you? <coughs> I'm clearing my throat for you. Go ahead. Okay. 
yes, um, and it's, uh, I guess the, your screener had a uh, little problem understanding what I meant, but uh, the, the uh, game changer for me in a relationship is uh, the people who constantly constantly clear their adenoids. They have mucus build up in their nasal passages from allergies or whatever, mm. and they just constantly, 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 um, or intimately, but mostly constantly, yeah. they um, they clear their mucus, yeah. and they do not spit it out, and I think you know where it goes. I do, yeah. It's, and it it's phlegm. Horrible it's horrible halitosis. Uh. <laughs> I would make I was I, that's why I was joking clearing my throat I don't know if you picked up on that that's why I was clearing my throat for your call Denise um, no I, I I know I know what you of what you speak it's the clearing my nose by kind of I'm not going to do the sound on the air because it is too gross um, for most right. people anyway um, it's that clearing my throat by sucking the contents out through the back of the nose and down into the throat, oh and then instead oh of you know spitting it out, you just kind of yeah. gulp and. Oh my god! <laughs> it's just it's just the most horrible thing, and I I do want to qualify this by saying I know I may have some quirks myself. Oh, I don't we all do. Think anybody else? Sure. But I tell you, that's not one of mine, and I <laughs> I will run in the other direction. I cannot stand that. It's just so gross. The date is over. Denise is walking out on the date the minute the minute <laughs> they do that. Other than that, they're great people. <laughs> other than that, other than that, it was a match made in heaven until they did that, and then Denise is out of there. Thank you, Denise. Good to hear from you. I appreciate it. <laughs> other than that, she says, they're great people. But... Loretta will be our last call on the habit that is worthy of breaking a date, ending a relationship. What is yours, Loretta? Oh, mercy. I was dating a guy who had two little fuzzballs, puppies. Oh, okay. Oh, he would pick them up and just kiss, 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 and the tongue on the dog is in his oh. mouth, and it was like, done. <laughs> so he, in your case, he was a little bit too... Um, intimate. With I was going to say dog. intimate with the dog. <laughs> and the other one uh, had a large dog, and she ate both of my shoes. I had to walk home barefoot. I was like, "See ya!" Wow. You know, I I hope at some point, um, you turned to men who were not dog owners at some point and say, "Yeah, I'm just going to avoid dog owners altogether." I uh, definitely. And cats are worse, though. <laughs> but no pets. These two dog ones were like over the top. Like, wow. see ya. Wow, yeah, one and done. Thanks, Loretta. You want to kiss me with that mouse? You making out with the little Pomeranian, and now you want to kiss me, Loretta? Uh, before I get to a couple of hilarious, texts, I would be remiss if I didn't uh, turn literally and figuratively to Kyle and say, "Is there anything that?" Perhaps ended a date or a, a pat. You're married now. A past relationship, Kyle. That you said, I, I, I cannot overlook this. Uh, not totally. Not no deal breakers. Fair. But the only thing that I can really think of is uh, I was in a pretty serious relationship, and uh, the the girl that I was dating at the time 
um, had allergies, it seemed like almost year round. And her easiest way of dealing with them was nasal spray. And if you take nasal spray enough every single day, it's not going to do anything for your system. And so she basically would always have nasal spray on her at all times, spraying it up her nose, maybe five, six times a day. And not getting anything out of it because she would spray nasal spray up her nose five, six times a day. Yeah, so she would almost always have a runny nose. It's clearly not working for you if you need to use it that often. Yeah, yeah, it no. wasn't It wasn't great. Not, so, the, not the one reason why it happened, but again, yeah, that was one kind of annoying was, thing. Contrib- would you, it contributed? Was it just a little contributing factor? I mean, it would It would be weird going going to bed at night and having, you know, hearing the... <laughs> it's <laughs> <laughs> well done i didn't know you could uh, impersonate a nasal spray you know well. you hear something a million times and you never forget <laughs> there you go okay we will round it out with a couple of texts how about that all right so because the, the the text line has been white hot richard from greenfield <laughs> deal breaker for me scott bathroom protocols no courtesy flush with residual paper in the toilet did not go on a second date. 920. Scott, I'll end a relationship if my partner is too attached to their phone. Okay, I could see that. Hey, pay attention here, not on your phone. Leanne from Racine. Scott, I could never be with someone who clunks their fork or spoon on their teeth when they eat. Drives me crazy. Indeed, I admit, Leanne says, I have stopped dating people over the clinking of the utensil to the teeth. Hmm. Scott, I had a girlfriend once that told me she was a vegetarian by choice. Neither one of her parents ate meat, so she just adopted the habit. She was dead set against meat. We would regularly have breakfast together because our schedules were such. At one point, she ordered an omelet that had bacon in it. She asked the server to hold the bacon. But when the omelet came with bacon, she ate the whole thing anyway and then complained to the server. I couldn't stand it. We broke up the next week. (sighs) I dated a girl once that would never cover her mouth when she yawned. I don't know why, but I hated it so much. After telling her to cover her mouth several times over a period of time, I I started sticking my finger in her mouth to ruin the yawn. <laughs> I wasn't, like, touching the inside of her mouth or anything, but just enough to get my point across. We didn't last long. <laughs> What would what would be more annoying in that in that instance? The yawning with her mouth open or someone putting their finger in your mouth when you have yawned? Ironically, here's another text that says, I once dated a guy. He never liked it when I yawned. Every time I did, he stuck his finger in my mouth. It was over. No, I'm just kidding. But how do you know it ended because of that? And she didn't end it because she didn't like you sticking your finger in her mouth. And I will say this. You would be surprised to see the number of text messages that describe the ending of a date or a relationship because of flatulence. For example, 414. Okay, the habit that I feel is tough to take is when a person passes gas, it's obvious but they don't acknowledge it and say, excuse me, 
one time I'll let it go, but the guy should have the guts to say, excuse me, after that. And believe it or not, for example, now that sounded like a a female perspective. David and Glendale, I dated a girl that was a farter. It was bad, man. It was bad. (laughs) And last but not least, habits that end relationships or dates. 414. My first girlfriend had a bad habit of sleeping with my friends. And that ended the relationship. You know what? That I think we could all agree. We'll finish on this semblance of of agreement. Your significant other has a bad habit of sleeping with your friends. That could be a deal breaker for me. But I don't think I'm alone on that.